Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
Oh my God, I love that song. I really do. It's funny because uh, the bandwagon nerds. I I feel like I'm a feature player on there. They um they had a show one time talking about their favorite musical acts, and I would probably have to put Earth, Wind, and Fire in my top ten if I'm being honest. But that's neither here nor there. That's fair. greetings, greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Three Man Weave. Three Man Weave is brought to you by the good folks at Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads, you shall. We ask, we implore, we insist. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. Pick up an official ChairShot t-shirt. Again, I say it week in and week out. I'm going to keep saying it week in and week out. If you enjoy the content we provide here at the ChairShot day in and day out, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content is by supporting us by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. We literally have, literally, chicka chicka, literally have something for everybody. We've got Save Tag Team Wrestling, Jesus Did the Job, Hashtag Journalism. It doesn't even have to be wrestling. Hashtag Journalism all across the board is all jacked up. So rally against the machine. Hashtag Journalism. Of course, Platt Blast 2020, there is still time to get us on the ballot. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. It's not. It's it, not. it is. It is. Anyway, pro forward slash the chair shot. The chair We're not just a website. We are a movement. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by the esteemed Mr. Raymond Cash. This week, PC Tunney, the commissioner, is on assignment. However, we found more than a suitable replacement. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. POD himself, Patrick O'Dowd. You're down with POD. Yeah, you know me. You're down with P.O.D. Yeah, you know me. You're down with P.O.D. Yeah, you know me. Who's well, down no, with we, P.O.D.? Well, we know Pat, but yeah. Hey. <laughs> I mean, I was I was in high school all over again right there. Which, not that that dates me, but that kind of dates me. It pretty dates you, bro. Pretty dates me. For like three years. We got you. <laughs> mm. I owe you an apology, though, P.O.D., because that sounded a lot better in my head, and the execution... I feel like it left something to be desired. I, I should have did better by you, man. Well, yeah. well, would you have preferred Under By Nature or would you have preferred the actual band, P.O.D.? Oh, God. I probably would have preferred Naughty By Nature. I, I, I got to admit it. Okay. Well, I've spent many okay. a night P.O.D., so there, there is that, too. There's that, that's the third option. You know, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. You're not saying. You're just saying. I got you. Yeah. I got you. So, oh, thank, thanks for having me back, guys. It's always a pleasure, man. I always like talking to you, man. You're one of my favorite white people on the planet. So, welcome. I, I feel privileged. I love the I love the precursor of one of my favorite white. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. I'm, you're you're one of my favorite I, people as I well mean, as favorite white people. You, you know what? I, I get it. You know, Platt, Platt's got an axe to grind, and as an oppressor, I have to just I have to accept that, and I'm okay with that. It's <laughs> it's fine. Really, Ray. You really gonna <laughs> care no, no, it's no, a, no. it's the as an oppressor. I like that is the greatest line ever. <laughs> <laughs> as a former oppressor, I think it's okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, I still oppress. I oh, I, I, I can't pretend. You know, like privilege exists; it never goes away. Just got as we get all heavy here. Sorry. No, you're good, man. I, I just wanted to send a special shout out to um, Benny Hanna. Uh, yesterday, if you include delivery and tip, I spent over a hundred dollars from Benihana 
for some bland ass shrimp and chicken tempiaki, some mediocre ass ramen, and some sushi. Which the sushi wasn't bad, frankly. I mean, to be fair, it's kind of hard to mess up sushi, know. you know, assuming it's fresh. But they didn't give me any wasabi. They didn't send any goddamn wasabi. And listen, I know these are first world problems, ladies and gentlemen, but it, you know, put somewhat of a damper on my evening. Well, look, if I was living in Atlanta, I may, Pat, maybe you, I don't know if you you agree or not, but I'd be eating them damn lemon pepper Lou Williams wings from Magic City. Yeah, right. Every that's, damn day. I hear that's the place to go. Every day, right? Works for the get, pros. You could get great wings at the laundromat here in Atlanta. Like great wings are in abundance in You're Atlanta. You're right, but you can't get the great service. <laughs> right. I mean, can you get as good a breasts and thighs as you can at the oh, laundromat? Gentlemen, gentlemen, I'm in a committed relationship. I can't get great service Dude, anymore. Dude, just because you already ordered don't mean you can't keep looking at the menu. <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> no, no. You just can't order again. You've placed your order. Do you know how many arguments my love of Sasha Banks has caused this uh, household? Do you really think I'm going to be able to go to Magic City and say, oh, babe, it's just for the wings? <laughs> I mean, if they got as good a wings as we keep hearing, then I don't see show, the problem here. You are her, hungry. Show her the, the Lou Williams video and be like, hey, if Lou did it. Right. Just I'm just bring it. Bring Is it because you don't bring any home? Is that what it is? You didn't bring any wings back with you? So, I've like, been to she's home. jealous. Okay. I, I was going a totally different scenario. I was saying, I've been trying to bring some home. We just... Totally we, different. We, no. Yeah, yeah. We, we're left, we're going right, but it's okay. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I, I should probably just stop talking now. <laughs> other other men talk, please. This is great. Other men. I don't, I don't know. You're doing a great job, man. No, can I'm you, doing a horrible we should, job. Can we give you an extra shovel so that you can just keep digging that hole? Just like, <laughs> this is not helping. I was uh, trying to bury behind and now all of a sudden I got myself in trouble. How the hell did that happen? Talent, sir. Talent. I don't know. We 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 don't have good food in New England, so I got nothing. You don't like clam chowder? Clam chowder. Sorry, or lobster rolls. You got to get lobster rolls too. Like that's that's the big thing. I rock with some lobster though. Like I, I've had my first foray with lobster like about a year ago. Yeah. Like I'm from the hood, from the hood, so like lobster was not attainable for me until like. I <laughs> so yeah, and I was like, I get it now. I, I'm, yeah. I still have that sushi. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. yeah. One day. See, here, here's the thing: is is in New England that it's not just that the lobster exists; is that we decided to take the lobster and put it in a fucking hot dog bun because this is America, <laughs> covered in mayonnaise. <laughs> And say that this is like this delicious sandwich that everyone must eat. And and so you go all these seafood restaurants and everybody talking about their fucking lobster rolls. It's 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 shredded lobster meat with mayonnaise. Like that's it. It is lobster salad. That's great. But I got to assume, I mean, you guys are literally on the Atlantic Ocean. I got to assume that the seafood is pretty, at least decent. In, in oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? You can totally you can totally find some good seafood. That's 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 not the problem. It's that we don't prepare it well. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. Because I'm, I'm not a clam chowder guy. Frankly, I don't like uh, any food that resembles semen. It just I, I can't do it. 
I don't That's even fair. like when they melt my uh, beans. They melt the cheese uh, on my beans at the Mexican restaurants because it's, so you it's go, just you go with, you go with the you go with the cheater clam chowder, then you go with the Manhattan clam chowder, which is a tomato base, as opposed to the the New England clam chowder, which is that you know that white creamy business you're talking about. Not even a big tomato paste guy either. I, I like ketchup, but I don't like actual tomatoes. I'm weird. Like I like pizza, but I don't like Italian food. I'm I'm that weird. True. You, I mean, you did blow a hundred plus dollars at Benihana, so that's yeah. a little. <laughs> and and you're upset only because you didn't get wasabi. Right. How do you bring sushi and not have wasabi? That don't even make dog sense. Still, I'm still trying to figure out a hundred dollars of Benihana, man. Like, like I'm, that's, that's a hell of a yes. That food, like, man. I'll give you the ten dollars for DoorDash, but like other than that, that's a that's a hefty meal. That's why I'm pissed off talking about it. I mean, now, now, Patrick, to be fair, man, I, I don't know about your culture, but I think I, Ray will be able to fill me on this. Like in in high school and college, if you took a young lady to uh, Red Lobster, you were pretty much guaranteed to get fellaced later on that evening. That's kind of how that. Yeah, that's, that's that's fine. Di- that's fine dining in your college. It, it, it was in high school and college. It was. Yeah, look, you talking about Red Lobster? Jack in the Box was like the best we could do. <laughs> Like if you were if you were really when you Applebee's on me chilling two for twenty that's the best we got y'all right y'all I'm sure well nowadays Applebee's got the the um the apps that like are unlimited right 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 we'd have made a killing back in the day but Red Lobster like like a TGA Fridays like TGA Fridays had that sort of app deal. Applebee's, TGI Fridays, and what's the third one? Um, um, what's the third one? I can't Chili's. remember. But they're Chili's. Yeah, they're literally the same restaurant. It's, it's literally the same thing. But but what I was saying is, it, and then when, once we got out of school, uh, Ruth, Chris, and and Benihana, they kind of took that Red Lobster place. Like if you took a young lady to Ruth, Chris, or Benihana, it, it, the ending, the the evening was going to end well for you at that particular point in time. Well, to be fair. Beyonce did tell us that that it works both ways with her with her song, where she mm-hmm. said, "I thank you to Red Lobster," and you know it goes down. So uh, Beyonce and Jay Z are worth a gazillion fulfillion dollars. When the hell do you think is the last time they've actually stepped foot into a Red Lobster, sir? Honestly, knowing yeah. Beyonce, probably last week. Beyonce is still a third <laughs> world chick, third war chick. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> but it don't change where you're from, dog. It don't. Oh. It just changes where you live. So see you now. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Well, because it's it's hard for me to relate to the whole Red Lobster thing because amongst my people, you know, it's like um, Golden Corral, like you know well, the Je- the, Je- the Jeff Foxworthy, like you know <laughs> that's, that's 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 literally what I was about to ask you, man. What are the spots you could take a young lady to, and you were guaranteed to get service to later on that evening as a if, kid? If, if, well, if you if you can get yourself out of the chair after eating at the Golden Corral, because you know. <laughs> You can't just you can't just make one trip to the buffet. The go, like you go to the Golden Corral, you gotta you gotta go to the dude who slices the roast beef, makes you feel a little fancier, <laughs> like slice that little ham for you. Oh God, we love we love a good buffet out in the Midwest. I, I I'm not gonna lie, that's well, that's I'm, that's I'm, the I'm, thing. I'm I'm a Midwest kid too, man. So born and raised, so I feel you on that. Uh, Golden Corral, Old Town buffet. Uh, Ponderosa, Sirloin Stockade, hey. Ryan Steakhouse. Ryan steakhouse. Steak. Ain't no fucking steak at Ryan Steakhouse. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. But it sounds good, you know. It did. It sounds good. prestigious. 
Uh, so are, are buffets a wrap after this COVID thing? Because I don't feel comfortable going to a buffet at this particular point in time. And that, yeah, that, no. that was one of my things about Vegas was going to the buffets. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't do it. I can't think. I I, I had the heebie-jeebies about the concept of buffets even before this really broke down. Just because I've seen the way people act at the buffet. Like, you know, the ones with like the chocolate fondue, fondue fountain crap. Like just anybody sticking their hands, like what are you doing? Like you putting your hands in the chocolate, and like that's everybody's chocolate. Like what are you doing? Like, don't touch it. It's, yeah. it's gross, man. Don't go. There, don't go to buffets. There's certain stations you know you just can't do. Right, right, right. right like right. I never eat ice cream at a buffet. I don't care no. what it is. I cannot do it. Yeah. The fondue, don't do it. Right. Like right. I try to. I try to stick with something fried or mm. my man cutting the meat for me and we're gonna yeah. keep it there because i can trust that yeah i'm the hot bar guy like yeah, i yeah. I'm, I'm hot bar all day my uh back in my young my youth when i used to be when i used to have the appetite uh i once won a uh an eating contest amongst my college buddies with seven trips to the to the hot bar entree bar no salad breaks nice what nice. I, 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 I ate so much I couldn't sleep that night. Like <laughs> you had the meat just, sweats or oh I had the meat sweats. I had the fucking lead belly. Like oh <laughs> you're, god. You're like, you're like Otis. <laughs> like Otis from Heavy Machinery. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> By the way, this still this still is a sports podcast, gentlemen. I just want you to know. We're gonna talk some sports eventually. You don't right think offensive linemen don't more go to the stuff. buffet? Well, of course they do, and the quarterback pays for it. That's right. Yeah, that's how that works. I was at uh, Whole Foods uh, a few days ago, and number one, I love going to Whole Foods because I just look around at everybody that's at Whole Foods. Whole Foods just makes me feel wealthy. Like, I got, like, generational wealth and shit. It just right. makes me feel good shopping there. Like, yeah, I'm here too, motherfucker. Meanwhile, you get a, a, a pack of chicken wings, a head of lettuce, and some uh, green juice, and the bill is seventy five ninety six. But they they started putting the uh, the buffet back out because you know Whole Foods they do the yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner buffets. And I was looking at it and salivating because it looks so good and so tantalizing. But there was no way in hell my mother, my woman, was going to allow me to buy some food by the pound because you know that's how they do it at Whole Foods. They, she just wasn't. Right, right. It just yeah. wasn't happening. Yeah, that's that's nine thousand dollars. You know, just yeah. Pound. I guess that's expensive. So, yeah, I was yep. always, I was more of a Trader Joe's guy. Yeah. Um, Trader Joe's, but but here's here's the thing now is these these places they're describing like COVID land. Like I, I can't go to the Trader Joe's because the line to get into Trader like it's like you're at the club waiting for the yeah. dude for the velvet <laughs> rope to let your ass in because it's just <laughs> the fucking things around the corner. And it's like why why yeah. I gotta. Yeah. Why Somebody I got wait? Before you can come in. Yeah, that's yeah, how it's got like six hours to get into Trader Joe's. I just want some cashews. Like, how <laughs> difficult is this? I just need a case of water, bro. Like, what is the deal? Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Uh, grocery shopping in COVID has absolutely sucked. I'm so thankful that oh, I got a little problem yeah. pop shop in my. So I don't live in I don't live in the Houston city limits. I live in a little small city. Like, literally, I can walk to the city limits like a, a minute away. Um, so in my little town, we have a little mom and pop shop and I can get in and out, but anywhere else I go has been, even to this day, has been the worst shopping experience of my life. 
So it's a good question. I wonder how things are going to go back to normal when things. Is there ever going to be a normal again? No. 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 Well, there's no. going to be a new. There's going to be a new normal. Like yeah. that's that's really realistically, like you're already seeing it. Like the just even just the standards of of behavior and, and the expectations. Get used to having masks. Just get used to them. Like it's going to be a part of it's going to be a part of your life. And it's a kind of taboo now. Yeah, it was, I had a what did I do? This is weird. Oh, I went to a I went to a wake uh, a couple weeks ago and just out of habit, like you know, you're going through the receiving line, and it was like you do the you reach and hands like, up it's like psych. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Here's an elbow. To tell you how sorry I am that your father died. Oh um, <laughs> hey, sorry about your dad, bro. Right. Yeah, that, that sucks, bro. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I sucked it up. Smoke. and Yeah, I, uh, I, I shook a couple of hands and they had hand sanitizer around. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just strange. And it'll be, you know, we're waiting on when a vaccine hits and, and when we'll actually be able to, to do that and actually have some level of normal human behavior but as we've proven as a country even like the simplest measures to help keep each other safe and healthy don't always go so well like we 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 had a population of people that screamed against vaccines before COVID 19 and now we're like here's a new vaccine like like go does do, do either one of you guys get like pissed off when people don't respect the six feet thing? Like, it, you know, I mean, oh, it yeah. is what it is. I mean, the six feet thing, we don't know. But if you're literally on my back, bro, like I could feel your breath on my shoulder. What the hell are you doing? Well, as so it's, it's ironic because I'm a very affectionate human in general, but I don't like people in my space if it's not if I didn't ask or warranted people to be in my space already. So with the six foot thing, yes, it does irk me at times. But I mean, I I give I give credence to the situation because there's some situations like like so for example, if we're all waiting at in line for like food at a restaurant, we're ordering from the line, and like you're on my back. If we're all trying to sneak in the door to stay in line so the line doesn't curl, I can understand that. But if it's just me and you, and it's like 15 feet of space, and like you right behind me so close that you can like unbutton my belt, bro. It's a little too much dog. Like give me some space. So right. yeah, it depends on the situation. I, I think for me, I get, I get way more frustrated and annoyed with folks when places have gone out of their way to try and show you to create the space and people kind of blow that off and sort of do their own thing. Like I'll, and like the grocery store is a great example you know, they, where I, the, the place where I do most of my grocery shopping, they, they have it very organized, very lined up, very spaced out, got your lines. You stand in your, you stand in the space. When they move you forward, you move forward and you got it uh, without sounding too, certain parts of the population seem to feel that that is only rules that are applicable for everybody else. They might be elder. They, yeah. Anyway, old people like old people drive me nuts at the grocery store as they try to push through and are like i'm not gonna believe in this social distancing and then like call you abusive when you're like stand in your spot like there's a dot stand a fucking dot <laughs> stand on the dot it's not that hard 
You ain't going to get to the self-checkout line any faster. You're just not. And then you're not going to figure out how to work the self-checkout line. The poor <laughs> asshole behind you has to wait 20 more minutes anyway. Where do I put in my coupons? Where are <laughs> really, that self-checkout, that and, you know, in my, my shoot job, I have to send people verification text messages, like mm. read this text. The, the, those are undefeated against old people. The self-checkout and the text messaging. <laughs> oh god but okay. one great, great thing that COVID has uh, been able to produce is the fact that we have NBA, MLB NHL tennis, Baseball. golf football uh, that, that's what MLB means and that's you what missed NFL one of them sir no, you I, missed I, one I, of them don't miss which one it was I literally didn't start over I'm the, I, I'm the one that's been and you should probably be a little sharper at this particular point in time. Start over for me, please. Fine. Thank the you. great thing that COVID has produced is a scenario in which the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, the NHL, tennis, golf are all happening simultaneously. MLS. Wait, wait what? MLS. Whatever. All the racing. Nobody watches auto racing. Wait, no, that's not true. And, and, and Americans I have auto racing news for the podcast, sir. So, ah. and and Americans, don't I can't contribute to that soccer. discussion. And Americans don't watch American soccer either. We all watch the Premier League, even as Americans. True. Come on now, which is also Man, which is also running right now. Which is also running right now. Which is kind of a cool thing to happen here in sports, man. That we have all <laughs> sports happening. Uh, you know, I, I was trying to get it back on track. Cricket. No, I, I, it's, it's been it's been way too it's been way too much fun troll, trolling Christopher Platt today. Like, I'm, 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 I'm just saying time. you missed cricket, rugby, lacrosse season is right now. I'm just saying, yeah, why don't be don't don't be don't don't leave out all the rest of the other important sports, sir. Well, number one, rugby is very fun to play. If you all have ever played rugby, it's a super fun game to play. But uh, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah, sorry on, to the rugby players listening. Oh, the rugby fans. Shout out to the rugby players because I don't want to get my ass beat by a rugby player, which that's probably how that will work. But shout out to y'all. But y'all know nobody give a shit about what y'all got going on. Y'all know that. Come on. I'm so not saying anything that you don't already know. Let's do this. Let let me be professional like Mr. Tunney would. Let's take a commercial. <laughs> Tunney professional. That's the biggest joke on the pod. <laughs> Let's take a commercial. As, as the guest, I'm going to stay out of that. Yeah. And we'll come back and we'll actually talk some sports. Sports, 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 sports. And apparently we're back, ladies and gentlemen, here on the three-man weave. Again, reminding you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shop. Pick up an official chair shop t-shirt. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. So, gentlemen, where y'all want to start? We've got NBA playoffs. We've got NFL back. Apparently, Ray wanted to say something about what soccer or something. Auto racing. There actually is some auto racing news. Yes. So Michael Jordan is starting a new uh, racing team, and Denny Hamlin and Bubba Wallace are going to be his drivers. Huh. That's uh, a big move. That's because those be are like top level drivers, and I be- I believe he's the first, if not the only, black owned, majority black owned racing team in NASCAR. That's huge. That is huge. Um, is he going to bet on his own car? 
Of course he is. He's Michael Jordan. Well, there's no, there's no rules in that. There's no rules against that. <laughs> uh, I wish I knew enough about NASCAR to, or, or auto racing in general to, to really speak about that. You, the, the drivers. Yeah, you're right. Like those are some big time names. So, uh, you know, I think that that's that's the the much better start and a much more auspicious start to ownership than say his time. What was it with the Wizards? Is that oh, when he drafted? Yeah, Kwame Brown. Kwame. Like yeah. that's 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 who we're running with. I can tell you, no diss Bubba Wallace because Bubba Wallace is a fantastic driver and he's a right. really he's a he's a but Hamlin's the bigger yeah yeah Hamlin is the guy who can win the yeah. cup every yeah. year. Right. So that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. They should bring back Dick Trickle too. What's he up to? Boy, all right. So football? <laughs> what? What? We're we're gonna act like Dick Trickle wasn't a, a professional race car driver? Yeah, I was like, I mean, that's legit. It's not like he went cold trickle from from Days of Thunder. <laughs> These are my co-hosts, ladies and gentlemen. These are my co-hosts. <laughs> no, shout out to Michael. Shout out to Bubba. Shout out to Denny. That's cool. It is. You're not going to get black people to watch car racing, though. (laughs) (laughs) We we have tried. To to their credit, we've given it a try. I mean, they took the flags down. Did that help? No. The the flags aren't down. They're just down in the stadiums. Five Uh, miles away, they're still up. They're probably just wearing them into the arena at this point. On their shirts and well, belt yeah. buckles and jackets and hats and, tattoos and, and, and yeah, tattoos, you know, yeah. So football. <laughs> Hashtag journalism, sir. So I'm I'm gonna ask as a, a Mr. O'Dowd here is our resident Chicago Bears fan, and surprisingly enough, the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears, are two and zero. Mr. O'Dowd. The floor is yours. The most underwhelming goddamn 2-0 football team on the planet. You beat a shitty Giants team that you had to hold on to beat this week because you played just a god-awful second half of football and you survived the Detroit Lions. Like, I want to be... I'm happy that my team is 2-0, but they, they, they... are the definition of a team that's kind of backed into two and zero. Like you were down three scores to the Lions after at halftime. Like I was, re- I was recording bandwagon nerds and getting just roasted by Packer superfan PC Tunney, DP <laughs> fucking Washington football team Dave Ungar, and my my team's down twenty three to six to the Lions, and. Uh, it was just gross. And then I didn't this week I, I watched it was, it's so weird. It's been this team that can't seem to put together two halves of competent football so far. Like game game one, it was a really only a fourth quarter worth watching. It just got owned by the Lions for three quarters. And then the first half of that Giants team, you're watching it and you're like, okay, this team, maybe they figured it out. Maybe they're onto something. They're beating a team who's not good that they should beat. And they look solid doing it. They're running the football well. Mitch is not throwing the ball to the other team. He he's not the quarterback fumbling the ball. It just looked like you know Tariq Cohen's catching passes. David Montgomery had a great game. We pay Allen Robinson, please pay Allen Robinson. It's, is that is that so hard? Tariq Cohen? So <laughs> which they got the but, money. 
and let me tell you, as again, you know, I'm very proud of my uh, my undergraduate institution, Eastern Illinois University, and Ryan Pace, the general manager for the Chicago Bears, Eastern Illinois University alum. Okay. Happy that that guy has his job. He is a shitty general manager. I <laughs> how you Tariq Cohen is had one good year. He had one good season. And, and he is he's living off that one good season. He is a flex back. He's a good he's a good speed option. Can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not a between the tackles runner. You've got Montgomery doing it. And here's the thing is Montgomery's starting to show he can catch a football. So you you went and paid Tariq Cohen? And you got Allen Robinson dropping the Bears from his Instagram accounts after a week one game. And you've got uh, it's just it's it's insane to me that that guy, your true receiver threat, he's the one you're not that you're fighting with. Like pay that man because Mitchell needs all the help he can get. And Tariq Cohen ain't the answer. So problem Mitchell. Like I Mitchell Mitchell's a problem. I knew the way the season was going when y'all traded for Nick Foles to be well, the and, starter, and then Mitchell and then, won the job in camp. Well, and, and let's, and not, let's, not talk, let's not talk about Matt Nagy and, and how terrible he is at um, everything. Everything. Play calling. Uh, you know, like I said, the offense, I don't know. I don't get what he's doing half the time. He, he doesn't seem to manage a game well. He doesn't seem to, in, in the moment, does not seem to, to make good decisions. And it, it just drove me nuts watching the Bears commit dumb penalties. It drove me nuts watching the, the Bears just give up chunk play after chunk play to a team without its best player. Like, you you know, the Giants lose Saquon Barkley. They, ha- they you got a, a busted, terrible quarterback, and you can't, you can't stop them from marching down the field three consecutive plays, and you need, you need a desperate fourth fourth down stand to stop them to win a game underwhelming to an OT. The Lions didn't have gold today either for your to your point. Yeah, the, and and I I dread week 12 when the Packers and the Bears play on national television. I I don't even know when we play the Packers the first time, but we're we're going to get obliterated. We're going to lose to the Vikings. Like we're just not and and the Vikings did not look good this week, but the Bears the Bears are lucky to be 2-0. and They're just an underwhelming team. So this leads me kind of into something that I did want to bring up. And it's only been two weeks. And you know how these pundits are. You know, somebody lost the first week. Oh, my God, the ship is sailing. It's gone. Everybody's in panic mode. And then they win week two. Oh, they've righted the ship. Like, nobody really knows what's going on in the NFL before, what, weeks nine or ten, maybe? Unless you're the Bears. Kind of... <laughs> Unless you're the Bears. Or but, the but... Shut up. But speaking of the Bears, what are you talking about? The Browns are tied for the second best record in the league, Mellon Farmer. But <laughs> one and one, baby. Yeah. But it, it, something that I did want to bring up, man, you know, regarding Chicago as well and a lot of other teams. There's a lot of teams in this league that have quarterback issues, and yet mm-hmm. former MVP Cameron Newton went unsigned until Belichick scooped him up for a bag of chips and some looks chick like that a damn genius. And some chick that'll do his hair. Like that's literally what they got Cam Newton for. My boy Bamani Jones said for four seventy five an hour. That's about right. It is it is laughable. And somebody put out a list to, today of all of the of the quarterbacks 
that make more money than Cam Newton that were signed this offseason. I mean, you got names like Nathan Peterman, right? Chase wow. Peterman. The Peterman. Dog. Chase Daniels. Uh, yeah. Matt Schaub is still in the league and makes more money. Wait, who's, than, who's he even played for? Whoa, 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 whoa. Who does Matt Schaub play for? He's, I, be, I believe he's the backup in Atlanta. Really? Like, Colt I, McCoy, I, like, it is bad, bro. And, you know, and Marcus Mariota, and Marcus Mariota can play. But if you look at both of the year last year, who are you taking, Mariota or Cam? It, and, and Cam out here looking like an MVP candidate, if I may say so. He looked great yesterday. Like, Russell he was, looked he better, was, but he Russell throwing, might be the best guy in the league. Right. He was throwing lasers, though. And I thought I, – I was sold. I thought the Seahawks were going to come all the way back. I, or not the Seahawks. I thought the Patriots were going to come all the way back. When he was leading that drive, like it was ridiculous. He was so good. Yes, Matt Schaub is the backup quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Wow, that shows you how much I pay attention to the Atlanta Falcons, and I live in Atlanta, so that should it's, tell you everything well, you need. I mean, to know. it's well, Matt Schaub, though, dude. Like, who's paying attention to Matt Schaub or Matt Ryan for that matter? True. Well, actually, I, I know, I know you want to talk Cam, but may I pivot for just one second? We'll get back to Cam and. Can this be the portion of the show where we laugh at the Atlanta Falcons for yet another implosion? Oh, God, this that was point? that was Browns esque, if if I will. Well, you know what? That crashed? might have, you might have eclipsed Browns esque. Now it might be falconized. <laughs> it might be a, another level. I mean, you know, before we got to recording on the show, we were talking about insufferable fan bases. The New England Patriot fan bases are so insufferable that they were celebrating a second Atlanta Falcon meltdown just because like, uh, yeah, I, it's funny. I, I, I felt bad cause it's kind of the sort of thing I expect again, a team like the bears to do. And it tells you everything you need to know about the Falcons and just, they, they got some real problems. Like you, you can't, you got to close that game and the Cowboys aren't that special either. Speaking of underwhelming teams, I'm, I'm Cowboys, not impressed. Cowboys, they they are a much better team than I think their record entails. Uh, they're very talented offensively, very talented offensively, right. and they have talent defensively. They got to get it together. Secondary is coming together. It's young. Um, they not they can't rush the passer as well as they used to, but they're still getting there. Right. But offensively, like they can get at it for the for those guys to have three turnovers in the first quarter. And still come back and drop as many points as they did, and for Dak to throw for four fifty, like they played a game, they can they can put up numbers, but the Falcons just, I mean, Dan Quinn shouldn't have even made the plane ride, bro. Like here here's right. a bus ticket. You yeah. when you get home, we'll have your stuff outside the arena, in a bubble. Just just pack and you. go home. So, so just, just, just go. It's so. And our our brother PC Tunney, he's going to get pissed off when he comes goes back and listens to this. But Mike McCarthy is a garbage ass coach. It just is what it is. He's a garbage coach. How do you have Aaron Rodgers for what ten years and you make it to a Super Bowl? That's got to fall on you. Oh, well, it did point. fall on him. That's that's how he lost his job. Like at the end of the day, Touché. like Aaron Rodgers is like, we're not getting along. The end. So, I don't know if I'd call him a garbage ass coach. I, I don't. He's they're, mediocre. They're, yeah, mediocre. I, I would. Okay, mediocre. And you know, he, he clearly knows something, but uh, and, and I don't he, think he's the right I, people. That's what he knows. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing is, 
again, I'd take him as my coach in a heartbeat right now. But and then I mean I know that's not saying much. You know, I he's that he's that type of coach who's not necessarily gonna lose you half the season. You know what I mean? Like there there are coaches out there that you could just see they're like Matt Patricia is going to lose games for his team. Like he is. You you, you saw it, you saw it the week before. Uh against the Bears. But yeah, exactly. It's clearly yeah. losing games for his team. You know, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen listening, yes, if you are the team kicking an onside kick, you can touch the ball <laughs> before it goes ten yards. Just right. in case you didn't know the rules, I'm letting you know on the three man weave. I'm uh, sorry, go ahead, sir. I was just no, coaching is coaching is kind of like the bell curve. You know what I mean? There's five oh, wow. coaches that actually make a difference and will win their team games. There's five coaches that will cost their team games, and everybody else is in the middle. You know, depending think, on the and, talent. And I game. would and I would argue that Mike McCarthy's in the middle. I think there are some coaches that get unfairly maligned uh, and win. Like you want to talk about a coach that can win games for his team, Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, like he's a guy hey, as a coach. Hey. He's a hell of a coach. I've been trying to get rid of him in Pittsburgh for years. Yes. They can't because even when they give him shit to work with as a team, he still threatens the playoffs. Yep. You know what I mean? At the worst. Yeah. Like he's he's a hell of a coach. Give him, but give him talent. Give him more talent than fucking Ben Rapisberger and, you know, and one wide receiver, Juju. yeah. No, Pittsburgh pulls wide receivers and running backs out their ass, though. Like every year, they have a new wide receiver, uh, a new hey, wide receiver core, and running back that is just tearing shit up. Makes me so angry. It is so infuriating because well, you have to understand. With twenty, uh, what ninety six? So for for Shut over up. twenty, you don't even have years. your own team, uh, sir. Thank you. you. Stole my team. How does and it I, be we, me? We stole it. And, we stole it and won a damn chip with it. You damn right. Um, two of them. My bad. Two of them. Uh, but for all these years, we've had the scene. We've had approximately one good quarterback, one mediocre quarterback, and about three good wide receivers who we all got from other teams. So like, it's time now for. But then Pittsburgh just goes gets the guy on the practice squad and he comes in and, and gets twelve hundred yards. And like ninety five catches, and it is infuriating. It's like, hey, black guy, you look athletic. Back in my <laughs> yeah. street. Hey, black. What, what type of forty do you run? <laughs> then it becomes oh, oh, okay. <laughs> they drafted exactly. at least one of those black guys. I'm sure <laughs> they went to the combine or something. Yeah, probably the guy, probably the seventh guy in, in the line. Right, right. So well, one of got one to add on to guys is just kind of throw this in the conversation as we keep going there was an uh, a, a ridiculous amount of major injuries oh my god Take yeah the season nick bosa officially now is towards acl he's gone for the season um i know jimmy garoppolo is gone for a few weeks christian mccaffrey is gone for four to six weeks like it was a horrible week for major injuries um so just want to throw that out there yeah, Sa- Saquon is the main one. That's the guy. That's the, that's the headline grabber because the new the the new the New York Giants are officially Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton every other few games, and then that's it. And then the New York right. Giants. Yeah, it's so that's yeah. yeah. It's I you you 
this gives you a new respect for the preseason. Like for as much as people, you know, rip on the necessity of preseason games, you see exactly why it helps to have any level of work done just to build your body up, you know, and people, people talk about these games being a big waste. I, you know, this is showing that it's not, that it's more than just seeing if the fourth guy in the depth chart is actually going to make the team. You, you get some reps and reps matter and helps get your body in shape. And some of this, you know, I know that one of the fields I think is going to get looked into with a, what was it? Where was the San Francisco game played at? Cause that's the one where Bosa and Garoppolo went down. Um, like the field itself is actually getting investigated because they they think it might have something to do with the turf. But you know, I don't I don't entirely buy that. And I'm not saying that Saquon Barkley isn't going to tear his ACL. You know, getting chewed up. Yeah, getting chewed up by um, getting chewed up by the Bears turf. But sure does it sure does help be a, a preventative thing if these guys are are getting reps before you hand it over to the guys trying to fight for jobs. Now, I agree with that a thousand percent, and it, it sucks whenever, you know, injuries occur. But getting back to the NFL a little bit, I, I do want to go a little bit back towards the, the Cam Newton storyline, because right. as a as a Cleveland Brown fan, I'm used to having a secondary team to root for during the season because the Browns going brown. And and this year I'm I'm all in on Cam Newton, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. And there's nothing that I would love more than to see Loke Dog from Don't Be a Menace at the end of the season holding up the Lombardi trophy. <laughs> we have a problem. <laughs> so. I'm so conflicted about that opinion. We we talked about we again we talked about this earlier in the day too. I, I want Cam Newton to to succeed. I want Cam Newton to ram a football down everybody who didn't give him a contract's throat. I can't cheer for the Patriots. I just can't do it. Fuck it. I can't. I fucking hate the Patriots. It's a respectful hate. Like it is a, I wish my team was that team. I wish my coach was that coach. I wish that my front office would have been smart enough to sign a Cam Newton instead of a Nick Foles. But, I, but it all comes down to the insufferable New England fan base who I, I just, I can't, they, they're the worst. They're terrible when their team's good. They're terrible when their team loses. And so having to having to sit and listen to them gloat, they will not be my secondary team. My secondary team has always been, also in the AFC East, uh, it's it's the Buffalo Bills. It's been the Buffalo Bills uh, for oh, years. You're one of since, them. They got since, a shot, the, since, since the 90s. You, they uh, got a are, shot. Are, 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 y'all, are y'all, both of you gentlemen, question for both of y'all, are y'all Josh Allen believers because I'm not. I'm not, I don't I'm not sold good. on him. I'm not sold on him the way that a lot of people are. Again, I wish he was my primary team's quarterback because that'd be better. Um, I think he runs a little too much. I think he he runs into mistakes every once in a while. I think they could do a lot worse. I think he's in the perfect situation, almost Ben Roethlisberger esque. His when he went to the Super Bowl in 2004 or five or whatever it was. And where he just don't have to fuck up. Right. Don't make mistakes. And that defense we can win. Stout. That, yes. The defense is stout. We have a good running game. You're a mobile quarterback, so you can run some options if you need to. We can do this. And you have, and as you as he showed this past weekend, 
He has the arm to make the throws. It's all accuracy, right. and he was accurate this weekend. So he has the talent. He has the ability to have the team. They just don't need to make mistakes. And if they right. can get the old Patriots slide and sneak on in AFC AFC East with ten wins, because the rest of that division is garbage. Sands. Well, and and what is it? Seven playoff good. teams too now. Like yeah, we got extra playoff teams. So yes. so that that we we always it's so funny to hear. Because you, you, we talked about punditry earlier, the crying, the like eight and eight football team, or even worse, the seven and nine team that backs its ass into the playoffs. We could have a couple of those this year because of the yeah. parity of the league. You know, and there's also talk that the, of the other way around that was the NFC West might bring in three because yeah. you're going to have some higher caliber teams. So hopefully it goes the other way. In situations like this, it's either going to be a lot of a lot at the top and a lot at the bottom, or a lot in the middle. And I think it's going to be a lot at the top and a lot at the bottom. I think we're going to see quite a few thirteen and three teams, and quite a few three and thirteen teams, mm-hmm. and not so not like twelve, eight, and eight teams like one may think, because you can very clearly see watching these two weeks, you can see the cream, and you can see the crop, and they're very effective. Speaking of the cream and the crop, gentlemen. Tommy terrific. Two game, two games so far in Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, a lot of the conjecture was well, that was the storyline going into the season. Tom Brady, Tom Brady and leaving New England, going to Tampa Bay, New England replacing him with Cam. What do y'all think of Brady so far? So I said this on Potter's War this past week, and I'm just gonna reiterate what I said there. I understand why Tom went to Tampa Bay and I understand I understand the infatuation both ways. It's Tom Brady. If I'm Tampa Bay, of course, if I have an opportunity to get Tom Brady. Yeah. And Tom Brady, there's a lot of weapons there. And, you know, if you got a couple of dollars, Tampa isn't the worst city to live in in America. But I feel like this is an ill fit because the the weapons that they have there in Tampa that whole offense is predicated. Oh, I have to throw this out here as well, because we, we assume that we all assume that Bruce Arians is a good coach as well. Like I had to throw that in there as a caveat. I don't know. He might be. I don't know. I, I, I just remember that the, the media had us thinking that Jeff Fisher was like a top five NFL coach and this Mellon Farmer went seven and nine every year. I'm just saying, I, I'm not saying he's not a bad. I'm not saying he's a, not a good coach. We just we don't know yet. But the only that reason said, Jeff Fisher gets a pass, he made a Super Bowl. But other than that, he's trash. But but my, yeah, you're right. But the 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 point I was making is this offense is predicated about throwing the ball down the field, which that's not Tom Brady's strong suit at this point. This is an ill fit. Okay, his deep balls are not accurate anymore, and that Mellon Farmer is hella skittish in the pocket at this particular point in time. I feel like a better fit for him would have been somebody like a, a Tennessee or even a Cleveland. Something that, you know, a team that has a strong running game where he doesn't have to throw the ball 30 times. He can run, 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 and then set up the play action, and that's going to get your receivers open downfield. I just don't think that this is a good fit. And I've said 7-9. Could I see them sneaking into the playoffs, especially when there's an extra playoff team? Yes, but I don't think that's going to happen. I've said 7-9 from the beginning. I I think, you know, you kind of hit it on the head, and and – Last season, I was talking about how Brady wasn't Brady anymore. Even like his accuracy is down, his ability to throw down the field has started to evaporate. 
I think that I think that Tampa Bay picked up on it a little bit. Uh, that's why you see them take a risk on somebody like a Leonard Fournette, who may or may not help. But at the end of the day, I think you have to have the blockers. Do they do they have the offensive line to protect Brady? You said skittish in the pocket. Uh, there's a reason, and he needs he needs that underneath weapon. And does he have that underneath weapon? Because that like Brady was so successful with a tight end and a slot receiver. Even when he was at his peak, it was Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman who had a huge game. Uh, Gronk in his prime. Deion Branch. Uh, Deion Branch. Uh, I'm forgetting. He ended up playing for the Lions for a few seasons. I can't remember who it was. But another little slot receiver type. That, Wes Welker. Uh, yep, Wes Welker. Just everybody. It's Amendola. All, that's who I was thinking of. Dan, Danny Amendola. They, you know, those guys that line up in the slot, speed guys, can catch and get some yards after the catch. Brady hits it on the money. Uh, and a decent running back that can catch out of the backfield and gain you some yardage up the middle. And, and I don't – there's just – there's too many ifs for Brady to have a successful season for me to buy Tampa Bay. Now, now to be fair, we, we've seen this work out temporarily in other spots, i.e. Joe Montana, his first year in Kansas City. They went to the right, AFC Championship would, game. But you said a better – I think they had better support around Oh, no, we're saying the same thing. I was oh, just okay, trying okay. to set it up. Yeah, I was just trying to, for <laughs> dramatic effect, I was trying to set it up. Gotcha, but we're gotcha. saying the same thing. Fuck, fuck everything uh, I was saying. We're saying the same thing, man. Ultimately, these things don't end well, because if they ended well, they wouldn't end. If all if it was all good, they wouldn't end. Right. These things don't end well. Uh, so uh, I'm going to say something I don't mean. I don't ever wish injury on anybody. But the best thing that, that might happen to Tampa Bay is Chris Godwin being hurt. Because the yeah. way that they're going to win this game, the way they're going to win this, this this season, and the way they're going to have to end up building the offense around is to build them around the tight ends, OJ Howard, Cameron Braden, Gronk, because <laughs> Brady is not a guy. Gronk should have kept wrestling, bro. No, nah, I completely yeah. agree, but, but Gronk's good for 10 snaps a game, right? Uh, right. That's all you need him for, uh, right? You have both catches. Cameron Braden. And yeah, exactly. Cameron Brait and, and OJ Howard are top ten, top fifteen, both right. at their position. Um, but if you build around them, you play intermediate, you play the middle of the field, and sign another receiver we've ever heard of besides Galvin and Mike Evans, you'll be all right, right? Because I've literally went through the roster, and there's not another receiver that any human being has ever heard of outside of Bruce Arians. Nonetheless. Uh, that's what will help them, I think, because Brady is not a downfield guy anymore. And everything you said is right, but you cannot tell me that they'll be worse with Brady when they went 8-8 eight and eight with Jameis being the best offensive and defensive player on the field. I just can't see it. They got to be better by proxy. I love Jameis, man. I haven't given up on Jameis. I'm, I'm, I'm still I, on Jameis Island, bro. I ain't gave up on Jameis yet. Jameis was robbed. Stephon Gilmore stole the defensive player of the year away from Jameis Winston. <laughs> he was robbed. He threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. We're going to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm purposely ignoring the turnovers. He's going to end up, he's going to end up playing for New Orleans this year. I'm telling you that right now. And they're going to, they're, they're going to, because Drew Brees is washed as well. I That's mean, the third little secret. I mean, they're in a 17-17 dogfight with the Las Vegas Raiders right now at halftime. So <laughs> Raiders aren't trash, though. The Raiders are competitive. The, Ra- the Raiders are. Good. They're competitive. 
Speaking of an overrated coach, can can we can we talk about John Gruden a little bit? I'm, Over. Well, actually, I'm, I'd be curious to know. Both Zipper Y banana. What the fuck is that shit? Spider, spider two spider. Y banana. That's what Just, it is. Yeah, I, I, I know that play because I ran. I ran it with the Colts on. Um, <laughs> no, I. Before we before we put a bow on this, if you guys don't have anything else, I do want. I, I am curious to know who do you think the top five coaches are. You guys mentioned that you both think it's kind of a bell curve. So who would you say are the top five coaches? I think we can all agree Belichick is the best coach in the game. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. What yeah, were you talking about? Tomlin. Harbaugh. Yes. I put Harbaugh. I would say Harbaugh's up there, yeah. Yes. Andy Reid. Now that he's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is you can you can knock Andy Reid for not winning the big one until last year he was always a winning coach like yeah, he, there, like yeah. he was always a winning coach um well the problem with andy reed is and this is why he was so maligned because most of us don't really understand football and his the things that he was weak on those were things that we could see and they were tangible i.e sometimes he forgot he had a running game and he wasn't the best in terms of clock management so that's why he gets sure. so maligned you know what oh, I mean? He's, that makes Marty, sense? he's Marty Schottenheimer bad in levels of clock management. It is right. laughable. Yeah. But I feel like that's why he got the, the shaft because these are things – because most of us don't really understand football on an intricate level, but the his his shortcomings we all can understood. You know, we all understood. Does that make sense? I'd agree completely. Yeah. You know what, Bo? I didn't realize this. He is the second longest tenured coach in the NFL. Yeah. Andy Reid, 21 years. Well, yeah, I was going to say Pete Carroll, but Belichick is probably the only guy that's above him. But you're talking about it went in, in terms of his whole tenure or it went tenure? Yeah, whole, whole tenure. Like, not okay. winning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been in football forever. Yeah. Car- Pete Carroll's only been an NFL coach for 14. Is that right. including his Jets stint? Yeah. Okay. I thought, see, I thought you were talking about currently because I don't think other than. I think other than Belichick, it's like Pete Carroll and Tomlin in the same place for like the longest time. Because right, been right, Mike, Mike Tomlin's Mike Tomlin's been with the Steelers for I think thirteen seasons. I think yeah. all thirteen of his head coaching years. Pete Carroll's I can't remember. I don't know how many seasons he's been with the Seahawks, but he's been around for fourteen. Uh, and then yeah, like. And I mean, we know this. The longevity doesn't really exist in the NFL and coaching. Like thirteen years, that's basically a fifty-year career yeah. elsewhere. Like in, in coach years. But um, you know, you look at the people who have stocked. Uh, Mike McCarthy, super fan. Like he's been a coach for thirteen seasons uh, between the Packers and the Cowboys, yeah. and Sean Payton. I don't know Sean how I feel Payton. about no, I, I don't know how I feel about Sean Payton though. Sean Payton is a fantastic coach, I think, but Sean yeah. Payton is one of those coaches who is a expert in one field. Sean so Payton is yeah. exactly. You have I think you have head coaches that are figureheads. You right. have head coaches that are specialists, right? Like I think John Harbaugh is a figurehead because he mm-hmm. delegates to his people, right, right, and he handles the operations of the squad. Whereas Andy Reid's going to coach the offense, and like, yep. you know what I mean? And y'all do whatever y'all want to do, but I'm coaching my offense. So I think those are the differences. Um, and we got Peyton to- is 
Peyton is going to rejuvenate Jameis' career. He's going to start this year. They're going to say that Joe Drew Brees has some sort of uh, injury or something like that so he can save face, but he's going to start this year. J- Famous Jameis Winston is going to start a football game for the New Orleans Saints this year. And I, I haven't given up on Jameis. Like my, when Jameis first came into the league, my doppelganger to J- Jameis was Peyton Manning. He's a guy, not the greatest athlete in the world, not the strongest arm, Ooh. but he, he's a savant when it comes to great, reading great defenses. And he's a savant when it comes to reading defenses. And very similar to Peyton in his early years, just like Jameis, they struggled with turning the ball over. Time so out. now he's going to be with the quarterback guru, Sean Payton. He's going to be just fine. And he got his Lasix, so he can see. He got his Lasix surgery, so he can see now. Tag, yeah. tag in, tag uh, in. I, yeah. I need a, I need a twenty because first and yeah. foremost, Peyton had one year where he was bad with turnovers. <laughs> Jameis has had like seven, but we got to change. He's only been up. in there five, but okay, okay. cool. We, well, that's how that's how many turnovers he's had. He's had enough turnovers for two extra seasons. He ain't play. Let's take a break. <laughs> Let's talk some basketball because you <laughs> killed the football talk with that. My God, okay. Um, Jameis, I'm not giving up on Jameis. I might be the only melon farmer still on Jameis Island, me and his mama. Jameis is going to be a quality quarterback in this league, goddammit. We'll be right back. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always Use your head. I haven't given up on Jameis. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! Post commercial, we're still in the, we're still on this. Um, so look, let me apologize to the listeners because again, I'm not Tony, so I don't have John Tesh for you. But you put it in your head. You got it. Why would you give me the Blood Fury hand, though? If you I watch 106, you'll get that. Yeah. If you watch 106, you'll get that. So that's a deep cut, y'all. That's a deep cut. That was a deep um, cut. For the, so basketball has been at its conference finals. Uh, you have the Heat and the Celtics right now. The Heat are up 2-1. But ain't nothing else to talk about but Kobe. Yeah. This is, a, this is the part, if I was a good engineer, where I would cut in what happened, but Anthony Davis hit a three, and they won the game. Yeah. What what a what a nut punch oh, end. What a nut punch end for the Denver Nuggets, man. Like, that just, that's got to hurt. It was a gorgeous shot, by the way. Just beautiful. But I I can't remember. I don't know who it was that was, they weren't, they weren't guarding the play. Mason Plum. Mason was Plumley, it, yeah. Was it Plumley? Like his body language when that shot went through? Jokic had to run from guarding the ball being taken out to try to get to Anthony Davis. It, it was just the, the Nuggets they deserved to, to to lose on that shot alone. Oh, uh, it was yeah, it was it was just brutal. Um, 
but you know, clutch, clutch, clutch shot from the other guy that I think sometimes gets forgotten when we talk so much about LeBron and what he's done with these Lakers, Anthony Davis showing why he's there. So number one, I have to give my brother Ray cash. I got to give him his flowers. It is what it is. He's been hard on both Denver and Miami this entire time. So we're, we're, we'll get to the Miami talk uh, momentarily, but yeah, the Denver thing, I gotta give him his props. I mean, because the my my thing was I saw last year where Jamal Murray came up to to paraphrase uh, Stephen A. Smith shorter than Mini Me in Game Seven versus Portland. He also didn't show up to the Game Seven this year versus Utah. But that Game Seven versus the Clippers, he literally that first half he literally kept them in the game because the Clippers were poised to blow them out and Jamal Murray just would refuse to miss. And that's what kept them in the game. And then eventually late third, early fourth, they broke the Clippers spirit. So I, I you know, I got to give my man his props on that. That I being said, well, I'm, it is what it is, man. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a liar. It is what it is. And I'm not a hater either. Well, some guys, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a hater of that dude in the Burger King commercials. Like I'm a lady before you change your mind. Like I'm, I'm a hater of him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm also a hater that's, of Carson Daly. And I'm also a hater of Carson Daly and Ryan Seacrest because I feel like I should have had their careers because I feel like I'm more talented than both of them. And I, I I hate on them because I feel as if I could have had their careers. But that's neither here nor there. I, I got I gotta give my man his props. But the Clippers losing, that literally opened up the lane wide open for the Lakers. Like that literally right. just Gifted LeBron James his fourth NBA title at this particular point in time because that was the only team that was going to be able to beat them. And I, I, I said this on these airwaves. I said the Clippers are literally put together strategically in order to beat the Lakers. But they could get got before that. And they got got before that. Well, th- so as we spoke about the Falcons falconizing, yo, the Clippers clipped. Yeah, the Cl- the Clippers just did what they do. That is an all-time choke job. And I think that one game has single-handedly changed the narrative of Kawhi Leonard's career. Because no, yeah. no. I, no, I think so. Because he was one for eleven in the entire in the four in the, the entire game, I think it was something. Yeah, it he was, was like, grotesque. It was, it was he disappeared. It was ridiculous. In fact, thank you for you just reminding me, Pat. He didn't even take. I don't. I don't even know if he took a shot the fourth quarter. Like it was. It was horrible. We know Paul George is 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 sometime when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. That is. That's a bit. That's been his way all the way back to when he was a star in Indiana, and he drug him some kind of way to multiple Eastern Eastern Conference championship games. But they couldn't. They couldn't even get a get a game against LeBron in the Heat. Kawhi Leonard been looked at as the. He's might even be better than LeBron, right? He's a defensive stopper. He's a cold killer. The shot last year against Philly just put him on this pedestal. But I mean, this is the most happy team he's ever been on. This is the thing. And 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 POD, I'm gonna let you get in here, but I, I just have to say this. Kawhi's playoff record. Kawhi's record is spotless. Like he he okay, did he play bad that game seven? Of course he did. But he he's built up enough goodwill that we can't look at him as if this was his fault. This Mellon Farmer literally killed two dynasties. He 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 destroyed two dynasties: the Heat 
and the Warriors. He destroyed two dynasties, and he has showed up enough in big games and has enough cachet to where, okay, he had a bad game. Period. He had a bad game. It happens. I want you. I want you to get it. I'm sorry. Please forgive me for for jumping. No, no, first. no. Go ahead. Basketball is right. the NBA is not my thing. So this is you guys go. So on paper, I do believe you're correct because his team, the Spurs, was the team that caused the Heat to dissipate, and his team, the Raptors, was the team that caused the Warriors, as we knew them, to dissipate. But what killed the Warriors dynasty was Kevin Durant's Achilles snapping. Nothing on the court, nothing that the the, the the Raptors did, because if Kevin Durant's on that on that on the court in any capacity, the Warriors win in five or six. Secondly, Miami, Dwayne Wade could Dwayne Wade couldn't dribble a basketball at that point. Like Dwayne Wade was looking worse than Shaq in, in, in Phoenix or Boston or something. Like it was bad. Or at that point, frankly. Or Cleveland. Yeah. Well they even worse. Yeah. It was bad. So like he, he has he has played his position admirably and wonderfully. But when he was on that team, when he was on that particular Spurs team, those two teams that had the back to back with Miami, he was the fourth option. No, 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 no. Not that no, no, no. Obli and Parker were still there. Yes, he was. Year were, he no, got the, the year no. he got the year he got the well, year he got the, the the team when Timmy handed him the team was the year he played a bitch move and oh McQuad hurt I'm not gonna play this season that's the year was he okay. not the was he not the Finals MVP when they broke up the Heat dynasty was he not the Finals MVP that year who was the Finals MVP the that year MVP. Cedric Maxwell's the Finals MVP don't come to me about Finals MVP what, what I'm is saying is Duncan was washed Parker was washed. Ginobili was washed. He was clearly the best player on that team, and they destroyed Heat Dynasty. He was clearly the best player on the team. He wasn't. He was the only healthy guy. Him and Thiago Splitter were the only guys under thirty, bro. Come on, man. Wasn't the best player on that team when they beat the, the when they beat the Heat and destroyed that dynasty. He wasn't the best player on that team. Duncan was washed by. He was Parker was washed by then. Ginobili was, was washed by then. He was the best player on that team in that series. Yes. And but then he went. The reason the reason he won Finals MVP is the same reason Iggy won Finals MVP when uh, the Warriors when the Warriors won that, because he that, slowed down LeBron. Well, that's that, it. No, you can't compare those. Iggy won Finals MVP and he he held LeBron to a triple double, and all he had was Della Ladova. The same thing for Kawhi. LeBron averaged like twenty nine and nine. The, so Kawhi wasn't the best player on that team. When they destroyed the Heat dynasty, Kawhi wasn't the best player on that team. He was the best player on that team in that series because he was the only one who was not dead, basically physically. Because Tim Duncan is seven feet tall and seventy-eight years old. Um, um, and player on the team. It's not the same because it's not the same thing. Right, my bad. You right, you right. So Nathan Peterman is the best was the best play, was the best quarterback on the Bills a couple years ago because all the other three guys in front of him got hurt. But he was the best he was the best quarterback on the team. There's an argument to be made that Kareem Abdul Jabbar is the greatest player to ever pick up a basketball. Can we all agree? Not saying that we, we think he is, but is there an argument to be made that he's the best ever? Unequivocally, yes. Thank you. But then when Magic Johnson got to those Lakers, 
He was the best team on those Lakers. That doesn't mean he was a better player all time than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But at that particular point in time, he was a better player than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he's the reason that the Lakers won, what, four or five championships in the 80s. It's so, the thing. That's not that, saying that Kawhi's a better player overall than Tim Duncan. But at that particular point in time, not only was he the best player on that team, then he went and had a spite season with the Toronto Raptors as a big middle finger to Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs and led that team to a championship. Some, and somebody somebody Spurs. hugged Christopher Platt. Can, can we get can Chris? Can, you, you need a hug, man. Like, what's you, you okay? Stephen A, like like the veins of your head starting to come out. Right, I'm glad healthy. I'm glad you bring up that point about Magic and Kareem because the first year the Lakers won a championship with those two players. What did Kareem do in the finals? Oh, he was hurt. So Magic Johnson had to win the team. Yes. Oh, stop so it. it was James Worthy. Whatever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Michael. But what I'm saying. I know the point I'm trying to make is that Magic Johnson didn't have those the other guys with him that first year. Not Kareem. He had to do it on his own, which proved he was the guy at that point. Much like at that point, Kawhi never did anything on the Spurs without those guys, and those guys were still the guys. They were the teams were not sitting at the, the teams were not saying. Man, we got a game plan for Kawhi tonight. No, it's still, what's Timmy doing? What's Ginobili doing? What's Parker doing before we got to Kawhi? Uh, okay, guys. Guys, it's okay. Take a breath. Take a deep breath. To your corners. Ding! We, we, we we do this all the time. Like we're 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 brothers and brothers. No, fight. no, I get you. I'm just I'm worried that Ray's about to like rip down his Ravens over. flag behind him, start throwing shit. <laughs> Fuck that, Ray. Yeah, you're wrong. You, you get you get to overturn your bed or something. I don't know what's gonna happen. You just you just moved into this place. Like, come on now. Um, <laughs> so so here's the thing. Here's here's my one my one thing to say about Kawhi. Like. I don't know that it will completely cement his legacy. What happened in this this conference or not conference finals? We're in the conference finals, but in this last series, I think it is very damaging. Uh, I think that it, I think it really you start to look at you look towards next next season what he's got to play for, and how's he going to come out? And is he is he going to become that Scotty? Like, did he have a Scotty Pippen moment? You know, with Scotty No Michael, where where he sort of just evaporated, disappeared, and pouted, or does he come back and does he does he take his team to the promised land? You well, know what I mean? Might- like, and that and that's the thing is, I think what I'm hearing Ray say is that he he wasn't that guy previous to this. Like that there were other guys that were the that the quote unquote alphas. Oh. And so if you're the alpha and you it, it was not a good look, Chris, like at all. Well, that, this that, is my, that game this, that, that he just this, evaporated. This is my not, thing, Patrick. Not that game. They were up 3-1. So they right. had three games. And he couldn't glad, get it done. I'm glad you brought that up because that brings up the point that I'm trying to make. So, number one, we've seen Kawhi do this twice with two different teams. He literally led that Toronto team to a championship. They don't make the finals without Kawhi. Like his his playoff resume is is cemented. So yeah, he he shit the bed this game, but that's not on him. I 
I'm not gonna no, well, I'm not gonna say it's not on him. I'm gonna say that I'm not gonna hold that against him. What I'm saying is, this is on Doc more than Kawhi. This is on Doc. And the thing with Doc, you know, they for forever they've always said that Doc was a top five NBA coach. And frankly, I always rocked with it because he was black. So I was like, okay, cool. But the thing is, he's he's it, it's kind of like the Jeff Fisher thing. He's really good with the media. He knows how to talk to the media. He gives them hella access and he knows how to manipulate the media. So then they put him up there in that echelon, kind of like Jeff Fisher. Like they said, Jeff Fisher was a top five coach and then Smell Farmer goes seven and nine every year. Doc was in, in, in that same bank. Now I bought into the narrative last year because he took that team and they overachieved. And he did so well with that team that I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe Doc is one of those top five coaches. But I'm looking at Doc Rivers. You literally have the most talented team in the NBA. You had a 3-1 lead versus a team, with all due respects to the Nuggets, man, because I was shitting on the Nuggets. Ray was not, but I was shitting on the Nuggets. They've earned my respect, point blank, period. They've earned my respect. But clearly... They were outclassed talent-wise from, you know, roster spot number one to number 15. They were outclassed in this series. And you had a 3-1 lead in this series, and you couldn't close. And at the end of game seven in the fourth quarter, your team panicked. That's got to be on the coach. And I don't know how Doc Rivers comes back for this. I think he will because he, he, he you know, he, 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 he had a lot of good uh, – he – Good saved will. up a lot of goodwill by the way that he handled that whole Donald Sterling situation. Sure. But at the same point in time, Steve Ballmer, he's only going to be so patient. He's a billionaire. Billionaires ain't got to be patient for nothing. They're billionaires. And I don't know how he comes back from this. Quite frankly, I would look down the bench and say, hey, Tyron Lou, you in. It's your team now. Lou and Sam Pacell uh, are both guys who are head coach, um, people who have head coach opportunities. Um, the, but the Clippers year... This is this is such a perfect point of or moment to, for that cliche that winning team winning always makes bad things look better because mm-hmm. if you look deeply into this team it was a mess of all proportions because they didn't get along they had no chemistry they uh, they had internal issues with all of the um, low management that everybody was doing because Kawhi. Lives off low management now at this point. PG missed some games. Trez missed a bunch of games. You know, um, Lou Williams is Lou Williams. Like, there was a lot of internal things that didn't come out until after they lost. And we're not even talking about, like, gossip stuff, which is legit. But I'm I'm putting the gossip corner with Paul George doing, um, you know, basically, like, treating Doc's daughter like trash when they were together. And, and so him having to coach him, so that, I'm sure their relationship ain't the same. There's a lot with this team that we didn't know. And now you have a team in the Nuggets who have, you know, pardon me for stealing the line from Edge, but grit, right? And so now you have, in fact, that's what I think you can say all four of these teams in the conference finals have. They are gritty as hell. Yeah. Um, if, you want, if we want to move over to these for a minute, the grittiest team in the league right now has to be the Miami Heat. They are grinding out games. Jimmy Buckets. It was Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets, Buckets. Bam. Bam Adebayo had the second, maybe the third best, best block I've ever seen in my life. Probably the best on-ball block. But, I mean, oh, the the Tayshaun Prince block on Reggie still is Reggie. great because he's, he's not even in the yeah. shot. 
and LeBron, LeBron's block won a championship. 16, yeah. Mm-hmm. 16, so, yeah. But, but that's the greatest block maybe I've ever seen on, like, ball on ball. Like, coming to me, I got you. Um, of course, um, Kimba got to step up. I don't know what his problem is. I don't know what the deal is. He's got to step his game up. But Marcus Smart is looking like a star. Tatum and Jalen Brown are coming. Um, my boy Gordon Hayward came back from the craft beer factory to go ahead and put some buckets in. Um, I Right now, the series is 2-1. Boston got a game. Miami has lost two games all bubble. All, well, all playoff bubble since the playoffs yeah. started. It's the second game. I think most people can pretty much say that the Lakers are gonna maybe not stroll into the finals, but they'll they'll they're, they're gonna oh, be the I, Nuggets. I think it'll be more of a, a more of a slow waltz. I agree. Just, just I agree. But what do you on it. Where do you see this this Heat Celtics game going? Because the heat Celtics finally got over the they finally got over the hump by beating six. the Heat in six. Okay, Heat in six. Platt? You know, I'm wondering if fatigue is starting to set in because I, I, I've been thinking about this this whole bubble. I, I, I've been thinking that fatigue eventually has to set in because these guys, they're, I mean, they're playing every other game. And it's an it's, inordinate amount of games in a small amount right. of time, absolutely. And it's playoff intensity basketball. And the Celtics, you know, on the surface, it sounds ridiculous what I'm saying because the majority of their core is, you know, super young. 26 but, or younger, yeah. Yeah, but they went through a war with Toronto. Like, Toronto, they had to cut Toronto's head off. Toronto wasn't going to die, and Toronto wasn't going to beat itself, and it kept going. And they had that double overtime thriller. It went seven games. Like, Toronto pushed them to their limits. So um, I've I've been waiting for this whole bubble scenario for fatigue to set into some team because I feel like it had to at some particular point in time. And is Boston that team? That being said, it is 2-1. You know, they've got another game coming up tomorrow, and we'll see what happens. But is that going to be a factor? Well, so th- they got really lucky because they got three days off. So they got right. a few days to get some extra rest because before it was every other day. So they got a little they got a little time. But I'd, I'd make your same argument for Miami, too. I know Miami ain't played as many games, but they are a dog-style team that plays extremely hard all 48 minutes and if you look at the past few games jimmy butler ain't getting over 20 points like bam out of bio is carrying the team and then i i I mean this completely with love but the white boy is shooting the lights out right now (laughs) yeah Yeah, duncan robinson and tyler hero and Goran dragic are out here teaching people how to shoot the basketball it is it is some of the most beautiful i mean we're talking steph curry and Clay Thompson esque. It is beautiful what the shooters on Miami are doing. Duncan Robinson has got himself a, a, a team for life. Tyler Hero might be the most thugged out player in the league right now. And he out here balling. Yeah. Goran Dragic said, Kendrick Nunn, you getting off my starting lineup. It's beautiful what they're doing. You got a guy like Bam Adebayo, who's a hybrid four or five, who can play like a point. He's out here balling. Jimmy Buckets don't really have to do much anymore. No, that's. By the way, um, I, I I want Kendrick Nunn to start again, University of Illinois. Oh, sorry. Kendrick Nunn is a really good player. Well, well you know, it's it's, it's, it's funny. Ice. He we we didn't expect him to like. Nobody expected Kendrick Nunn to make a professional basketball team. 
uh, is he transferred out of Illinois under under some scandal when tore it up at Oakland. That's how he ended up there. But that's right. Yeah, it's just it's such a it's such a contrast in, in styles when you look at the, this Easter. Con- it's it's physical. It's, it's you know gritty. I think is a very very good way to describe it. And yeah, I just I don't I just feel like Miami they seem to just be on a wavelength and clicking as a team in a way that I just, I don't see Brad Stevens able to coach his Celtics up to compete with him. Like, I just think there's too many weapons going around at Miami for Boston to keep up. And I think that that's just going to play itself out. And I think that, yeah, I think Boston will, I think Boston's going to sneak another win somewhere. Uh, maybe even, maybe even as early as when do they play next Wednesday? All right. Um, so like, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday, no. Yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, I can't remember the date. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow's the Lakers. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So, like, I, I think Boston. I think Boston wins another one, but I, I don't think. I just don't think they have enough to to keep up. I don't think they have enough to keep up, and I think Miami's going to grind them down, and and put them away at six. And shout out to Gordon Hayward because his his presence clearly made a difference in Game Three. And having him yeah. back in the lineup, it re, I feel as if it rejuvenated Boston. I'm he's looking like this is Miami series to lose. Say that again. He's a hundred and fifty million dollar man. I would think. I would hope so. Right. Well, that's fair. But I'm looking at this. This is uh this is Miami series to lose. And the the dirty little secret is that Jimmy Butler. He's only played well, what, maybe five or six games this entire postseason, but just his presence and, and, and the energy that he brings to this team. Philly got to be kicking themselves at this point in time, which even though, you know, from my sources, it was Jimmy's Butler, it was Jimmy's uh, decision to leave Philly because he didn't believe in Brett Brown and he saw that Brett Brown didn't have control of that team. Like that team didn't respect Brett Brown. That's why he left. But yeah, it's 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 hard for me to believe. Like as as tantalizing as a Lakers Celtics finals would be to the ratings, and you're going up against the NFL. Yeah, yeah, like you said, money, money. Yeah, yeah. Dollar you're bills. going up against. Yeah, you're going up against the NFL. It's hard for me to believe that Boston is going to win this series. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I maybe I was right when I said Lakers Celtics. But either way, well, I guess we'll see, huh? We we will see. Um... But it, to put it, kind of put a bow on it, it was really nice to uh, see Kobe's legacy still be remembered with that shot and the Mamba jerseys. Mm-hmm. So I was very appreciative of that. I've been a fucked Lakers guy my whole life, and they have made me a fan this year, partially, partially because I'm LeBron Stan. But, you know, with everything that happened to Kobe, I liked, it, it feels right. It feels like this is their year. Um, but with that being said, we're going to take one more break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little baseball, maybe get some hockey predictions, and we'll get on out of here. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey, folks, listen up. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. 
angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back to Three Man Weave. Uh, Raymond alluded to it earlier. Apparently, he wants to talk a little bit of baseball. I'm assuming he has a, a question or something particularly. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. The, well, the playoffs are coming up, and we have in the National League. Are the they? Dodgers, yes. Yeah. Like the, the this week week's the la- this week's the last week of the of the sixty game season. Oh shit! Seriously, like baseball has played sixty games. Yep. Even you. even wow. like the St. Louis Cardinals, who didn't play for like twenty four days, uh, will be finished this week. They've played more doubleheaders than you could imagine to get it done, but it's going to happen. Wow. I guess so, because I've been watching. I know the, the, the Indians, they're like in second or third place right now in their divisions. Chicago. Yeah, because the Chicago and, White Sox have yeah. really are a year ahead of schedule. Yeah. So I need you to refer to your for the, refer to that, to, to that baseball team as the Cleveland baseball team, sir. All right, that's fair. <laughs> Cleveland baseball team. If I can say the the Washington football team for the last what, five years, that's right. fair. That's fair. Um, uh, so right now in the National League, and correct if I'm wrong, POD, uh, the Dodgers and the Padres have already uh, clinched. Yep. That's and true. In, the, in the AL, the A's, the Rays, the White Sox, the Twins, and the Yankees, who came back from like being yeah, garbage. They, they they went on a nine game winning streak. Yeah, just at way, and people let, had them left for dead. It's crazy. So, yeah, it was nuts. But when you have when you have Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Giancarlo Stanton, you're I, never you're never out of it. Out of never because yeah. they're just blasting home runs. Um, the Braves and the Cubs will probably make it, and then yep. I'm sure the uh, the Cleveland baseball team, the Indians, the Astros, and the Blue Jays. So we have a few more in the National League, but I haven't been paying attention with as much as I, as much as I would have liked to, but I know this is your favorite sport. What do you think the play? What do you think the state of kind of things are going into the playoffs and who's like the favorites for the World Series? Well, it's kind of crazy to say this. looking at this, but I, you know, the Chicago White Sox are 34 and 20, which and they're they're a young team, they're an exciting team. I thought they were a year away from the playoffs. I thought this was, and maybe this is the benefit of a shortened season and a hot start, mm-hmm. but um, they, they have pitched extraordinarily well. They hit, they score. Um, I think that between, you know, and then if I look at the American league, like I think it's them. I think the Yankees, while they're in second place behind the Tampa Bay Rays, who like how many people would have had the Tampa Bay Rays, looking at possibly going 40 and 20. I mean, in this 60, nobody did. Uh, and here they are sitting really, really pretty. Like I don't think the Yankees ain't going to catch them, but the Yankees with that offense uh, can always score a lot of runs. And the same thing with the twins. That's the other team that I look at. them just like, watch out. Cause the twins hit bombs. They hit bomb after bomb after bomb. They score in the national league. I think it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I think it's everybody else. Uh, and, I and I think that, I mean, and the record bears it out too. Like they're 38 and 16, seven Oh four, like they're the best, best record in the league by, you know, pl- uh, almost 50 percentage points. 
they they just they they are always a team that does it all. They again they have the pitching. You got to have the pitching. The real question is, will that pitching hold up in the playoffs? That's always been their problem. So they get to the playoffs and then these great pitchers implode, and the offense can't carry them. And you know, is this is this the year? that they do it. I think the Cubs are a smoke and mirror team. I think the Braves are probably the team. If I were to pick one, that's going to, that's going to compete with the Dodgers. I'd pick the Braves. Um, they're you think it's San Diego. I am pleasantly surprised by San Diego. They're, they're another team that. Kind of, yeah. They're, they're, and, and it's they're like, and they're too young to understand that they should be trash. It, it's exactly the same reason why the White Sox are so good this year is they're, they are a young. They're a young team. They're a hungry team. They're playing, you know, kind of balls out, and you, they they bring it every day. And that's that's a dangerous team in the playoffs. I, you know, I always think that experience where wins out when you get to the playoffs. Maybe it's different this year with you know this interesting playoff bubble system they're going to try. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's the Dodgers. I and I think the the Dodgers and the Braves are the two for me, and then I think the Padres come in and I don't think anybody out of the central, the central is just a bunch of average teams. In my opinion, the Cubs notwithstanding, like I think the Cubs are playing a little bit above their, uh, above their weight class a little bit right now. The Cardinals who are in second place are so average. It hurts. So like they're losing to the Royals today. And it's like, they're down three to one in the eight against the Royals and they're going to lose the Royals. And then they'll probably win two to win the series, but they don't consider, they can't hit, at all, Paul Goldschmidt's the only guy who can hit for the Cardinals right now. He's batting 302, and everyone else on that team can't hit for average, can't hit for power, and they don't score. We miss you, Goldie. We miss you, Goldie. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a Diamondbacks fan, so I'm I'm happy we have you, Goldie. Um, especially this year because last year we were questioning our uh, our our pickup. This year, well, he's, he's a former MVP, up. bro. Like he's oh, he's no, no, no. gonna get it together. Right, it was just it was very frustrating. He was supposed to be the linchpin of the office, and he just did. He had a bad year, you know, and that that happened. He he's come around this year and has been been the guy that we hoped for. So, what, what position is he playing for y'all? Because I know Rizzo is y'all's first baseman. No, that's the Cubs, my friend. Yeah. Oh, you did say Cardinals. I'm sorry. I think Chicago. Yes. My bad. Yeah, because Cardinals don't have anybody that I can name, honestly, besides Ghost. Well, Molina. Yeah, dear Molina. Oh yeah, yeah name still Molina. there. Yeah, he's he'll still be there for yeah. the next sixteen. So Colton Colton mm-hmm. Wong's a Colton Colton Wong's a Gold Glove second baseman, okay. um, and he he's hit for average. He's been hurt. Uh, Adam Wainwright still pitches. Uh, oh, a lot okay. of people know Adam Wainwright. Yeah, is he like forty five? He's like a million years old. He's having <laughs> a great. He's having a great season though. Like he's he's, stuff. he's he's doing that like you know crafty veteran thing. And is really is really been frustrating. And but if you look at the central, the the Cardinals, the Reds, and the Brewers are all hovering around five hundred. The only reason the Cardinals are in second place is because they still have about ten games to make up to catch up for when they were out for COVID. Like it's just doubleheader after doubleheader to catch up. And so yeah, that's my that's my baseball overview. You know what's what's interesting about baseball? I have no idea what constitutes a good baseball team. I mean, pitching. in football, it's you got pitching. a good you got a good O line, you got a good D line, you're gonna be all right. In basketball, if you got three guys that can create shots for themselves and possibly for others, you defend and rebound, you're gonna be in good shape. Baseball seems so arbitrary because you guys brought up the the Dodgers 
you know, later. And the Dodgers have been like the best team on paper for the last, what, five or six years. They, and they... yet. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, please continue. It, but here's the thing they are it's the pitch it's it's all about pitching and when pitching plays out and if you look at the teams that win the world series um uh, over the past and you know, you know and just using the national league the with the exception of the cardinals rangers series in like 06 07 which was just this ridiculous offense sort of aberration the teams that have consistent pitching are going to be the ones there at the end and when you get to the World Series, it's just it's hard to win a world like a World Series when you're going up against teams that have the same caliber pitching that you do. The Houston Astros were a great offensive team, cheaters that they were, but their pitching was as good as anybody's. Like, like you know, you had. I'm sorry. Just, just let me know when the bane's a trash can. Sorry. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, and, and that's the thing is you know they're they're notorious for that scandal, but. They, they didn't need that to do to, to win games. You know, the Washington Nationals, you know, Strasburg, Max Scherzer, great pitchers. And when you get to a seven-game series, you need two. You need two aces. And then anything after those two aces is kind of gravy. And so, so it so this is my, my counter to that. Mm-hmm. Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin. And you can right. throw Steve Avery in there if you want to. But they only won one World Series. They and, did. You know, who, who, winning who was a World the better Series staff than those three? Who was the better staff than who? Oh, was you, staff you, had, you, had, you had the Yankees throwing David Cohn and um, shit. I'm gonna lose some of those names. Messina and like oh, David Wells. Yeah, David Wells. Yeah. Later it was Roger Clemens. Red Sox. Andy Pettit. It's to an extent you're right. Like there is a little bit of fluke to baseball that does happen. Like you look at the year, the Florida Marlins won the world series over the New York Yankees. Back they had in like a squad. 0, 01. They had a squad. But had you a tell squad. me, but they, you they talk about the, that. You talk about that. eye test though. 97 too. Yeah. But you, I test. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. That I test. It don't make sense. sense. Um, and baseball can kind of be like that. That's why you have 162 game season because you need that kind of, season to really to really have that as you say the cream rise at the top and the and the crop to to sit down in the middle and in a seven game series these are teams that for for better or worse are all at a level of elite over uh, over 162 game season so you're you're playing a bum like you're not usually playing a bum and for whatever reason the dodgers have had implosions like clayton kershaw couldn't beat the cardinals on the playoffs for years he'd go up against cardinals and we'd we'd rock him and who knows what was up with his stuff but the cardinals would do it every time and to the point where people think that he he can't win the big one but so real quick um are you are either of you gentlemen familiar with uh buzz bissinger the author yes. I've heard of him. yes yeah that's the guy he wrote uh friday night lights which is one of the greatest books ever Right. I mean, quite frankly, if you've never read Friday Night Lights, you should do that. But I, I read another book of his, which was um, it was it was entitled Three Days in August. And he he spent. Yeah, you've told me about that book. Yeah. Yeah. He, he literally spent three days in August following around the uh, Tony La Russa led St. Louis Cardinals. And it was just a random ass series. Neither one of the teams was going to make the playoffs. It was just a random ass series in August. Uh, the Cardinals versus the Chicago Cubs. And. 
it was the first time that I ever kind of understood why the Atlanta Braves didn't have more success during their run. Because, you know, and, and he brought this up and, you know, he was talking to Tony Larusa, who he's forgotten more baseball than the three of us will ever know. You know, combined, you know. And the thing with the Atlanta Braves is, you know, with Glavin and 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 Maddox, they were very spot pitchers. You know what I mean? So the thing is, in the postseason, the strike zone gets hella small. It gets smaller. So you can't just, you know, paint the corners like you could in the regular season. You got to actually throw some heat across the, the you know, uh, you got to throw some heat across the plate. And if you only got an 89, you know, 90-mile-per-hour fastball, professional hitters, they're going to smack that shit into the second row. It just is what it is. So, you know, that's why a lot of these pitchers, if you can throw hard and throw some heat past people, you tend to have more success in the postseason, i.e. Arizona. They had Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson. And, and you know, you can try those, yeah, yeah. th- those motherfuckers out, what, four or five games during a, a, a series? You're probably going to be in good shape. Right. I mean, and Kurt Schilling then did it with Boston, too. You know, Schilling and Schilling and Pedro. Yeah. Did it, you know, same thing with the Yankees. Like we rattled off all those great pitchers. Uh, and, and yeah, you're right. Like there's, 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 but at the end of the day, like all, all that offense goes away a lot of times in October. I, um, I, I think you guys are missing two important components that weren't mentioned that probably aren't very, that aren't mentioned often enough in baseball. But I think, uh, the, the two marks of great teams are uh, you got to have a good bullpen yep. and you got to have yeah. guys that can get on base. You don't right. necessarily need guys that can drive them home. You just need to have, need to have guys that can get on base. Right. Because, I mean, look at all the Barry Bonds seasons where they were knocking balls out the park and they never won because they didn't have guys to get on base. Yeah, so. after Bonds left, that's when the Giants started finding some success. Exactly. And, and yeah. yeah, having having people on the back end that can shut a door on a, on a team is is always important. It's one of the hardest jobs in sports, in my opinion, to be a closer, to go out and get three outs when it counts, and not let a mistake rattle you because you gotta you gotta get up the next batter and do it right away. That's tough. Jose fucking Mesa, man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm my bad. I'm in my Cleveland bag right now. Okay, Jose Mesa, Brad Lidge. Yep. That ball is still in the air, bro. It is in orbit. Um, Make a quick pivot real quick. Um, Right now, the Lightning and the Stars are playing game two of the Stanley Cup Finals. Lightning are up three to two with five minutes left in the game. Wow. Yeah. Dallas came back because the Lightning was up three three to nothing in the first period. Mm -hmm. The Lightning Uh, going to pull this off. I'm I'm just going to so. throw that out there. Yeah, I okay. think so. Yeah. POD, who do you think is going to end up winning the cup? Uh, I think if the Lightning win this game, I think they'll, they'll, they'll pull around. I think if Dallas takes a 2-0 lead, they're in trouble. That, Tampa Bay is just so fast on the ice. Like, he, when you watch them play, it's like they're in fast forward and other teams are just trying to keep up. What Dallas does that's so well is Dallas is a very patient team. They're, they're not going to blow you away. They like to control the, you know, they like to control their zone. Uh, but I think that the skill of Tampa Bay, if they, like I said, I think that if they hold on and win this, and it looks like there's about four minutes to go, as I'm sort of cheating here on my ESPN, uh, 
I think if Tampa Bay ties it up, they're they're going to be in pretty good shape. They're just so fast. Just so they skate so well. I concur. Thirded. <laughs> you big ho- you big hockey followers you? Um I I I must admit I'm quite disappointed. I think the I think the way the season, the world has happened, I normally keep up with hockey at right. minimum during the during the cup playoffs because there is no better there's no better environment than a hockey game. And I think maybe this is gonna sound crazy, but I think the best playoff no, you're not even a little. Is crazy. hockey? It is playoff <laughs> hockey is the best competitive is, team game that exists. There is nothing like overtime in playoff hockey. Great. It is the most intense sporting experience I've ever. And I I follow like I follow hockey, baseball, football. Um, I'm more of a college basketball guy than a pro basketball guy, but. The St. Louis Blues, which were my team, what they won the Stanley Cup last year. It's the only time I've ever cried over a sporting event when my team won. Because the the game itself, and I remember we beat the Boston Bruins, so I just felt that much better. But you live and die by by that puck going going after a goal. Like every shot on goal, your breath stops. It's the same it's almost the same thing to to play off baseball when every pitch is just like, this is the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And in playoff hockey, where it is a sudden death overtime, and you play till it's over, like, I watched a seven-hour hockey game once because they just kept going. And th- those guys are machines and athletes. They're dead on their feet. And when it, when that goal gets scored to win a game, there's just nothing like it. No, I agree, man. And playoff hockey is is phenomenal. Similar to, like you said, playoff baseball. You can ride two hot pitchers to a title. You can ride a hot goalie to a title as well. Yep. It's just been so much going Jordan on. Jordan Bennington for the St. Louis Blues. That was what happened last year. To be fair, I just haven't had the opportunity to keep up with the, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs right now because there's just so much going on. I mean, we've got NBA, we got NFL, we've got Major League Baseball. I'm a huge tennis fan too, BT Dub. Like growing up, mm-hmm. my two sports that I excelled in and I took an aptitude to were basketball and tennis. So I'm a huge tennis guy, too. We just got done with the U.S. Open. So it's not disrespectful to hockey. It's just it's a lot yeah. going on. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And I haven't been able to really keep up with it. Uh, the first hockey, the first Tanley Cup game I watched was what last week? It was the Lightning. And oh, yeah, that's right. You did switch over to that. Yeah. 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 And no disrespect, because, yeah, playoff hockey is the shit. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, let's take a break, and we'll come back. And I don't know if you guys have any parting shots. I got one. <laughs> oh, I got one. Oh, beautiful. I got one, and uh, I need to put my NWA hat on, because we about, to, we about to scream fuck somebody real quick. So we'll be right back. TheChairShot.com. Always use your Head. Word to John Saunders. We want to give some love to my man who started this and Mr. Shap, Dick Shap. The legends. Yes. The legends of this game that started this for us. Yes. We do our parting shots here at the Three Man Weave. I'll let our esteemed guest go first. So they threatened to walk out of the league. They sent their families over to protest. 
And eventually, after making enough noise, the University of Nebraska finally got, with some help from the president, Commissioner Kevin Warren to call another vote and bring back the Big Ten season. How did the Big Ten choose to thank Nebraska? By opening the season at Ohio State, sending them the Wisconsin Badgers, giving them a week off against Northwestern before sending over Penn State. Nebraska is crying foul, but really, when you sit there and make a big stink and threaten to leave a league because you didn't get your way over concerns about the health and safety of your priors, are you really all that surprised when the Big Ten sent a message? You shouldn't be, and all the best, because be careful what you wish for, you actually got it. Well done. I, we we actually need to talk more college sports on this on this uh, show because but it's kind of popped up out of nowhere, so uh, we really haven't had much of a chance. But well done, so I appreciate it. That I like that. Thank you. Um, so I think in in my mind is indisputable, but I'm sure there's some dispute. But I think unequivocally the the sport that has acquiesced the best to life in COVID is mixed martial arts, the UFC have done a phenomenal job of finding a way to make the, make their uh, events continue to go on at some of the at at a high rate and even in covid or with uh failed tests or things of that nature they've been able to kind of re up and keep everything going and we have a fight card a fantastic fight card every weekend this weekend we had just a regular UFC card. It was not a pay-per-view. A UFC on ESPN card. Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. If you know anything about these two guys, they had beef that was legitimate beef. Not, oh, we're going to talk just to get an octagon beef. But if I see you in these streets, we throw in hands beef. Little history. Colby Covington was brought into American Top Team to be basically a... a a guy that Tyron Willie threw around, around training for a fight. Colby Covington is a fantastic wrestler. Colby Covington then started his MMA career, was not as successful as he would have liked to have been, and then garnered this American hero gimmick that has went from Kurt Angle-esque to Donald Trump's best friend-esque. Colby Covington, who spent an, an a a massive amount of time in St. Louis. If you know St. Louis, you know it's down the street from Ferguson. Has a very pointed and heartfelt stake in Black Lives Matter, the movement. Stood up for that, and this fight became essentially what we see on our TV screens whenever we watch Fox News or MSNBC or CNN. Kobe Covington who for all of his issues that I have with him is a fantastic fighter and basically dominated the entire fight, broke Tyron Willie's rib, got a TKO. I would in any other respect say in any other time in this, in in human history, say it'd be the one of the dopest things ever to finish a fight being interviewed by the guys after your fight and the president call you to congratulate you on your win. Given the scenario and given the situation right now, 
that was one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen on a television screen. The rhetoric of which Kobe Covington spit after his fight, calling Black Lives Matter Marxist and terrorist, saying Kobe, saying Tyron Woodley is a domestic terrorist. Not only is that not anything that should ever be said in a sporting event because I thought we were supposed to be sticking to sports, but that is a dangerous rhetoric that that man is setting for the precedent for people outside of sports. We have classified the things that Kobe Covington says as a gimmick. Well, his gimmick is about to get his ass beat and about to ruin the lives of some people who believe in the things he says. UFC has been flawless so far in, in, in everything they've handled in COVID. But their connection with the situation of sticking to sports or not sticking to sports and their First Amendment rights is really causing them to basically need to shut up. Oh, yeah, and if, and if, if you didn't get it from all that, fuck Colby Covington. Mr. Platt. Shout out to both of you gentlemen, BT Dub. I'm going to lighten the mood up here a little bit. And I'm a little late, a little tardy to the party, but I feel like it still needs to be be said and acknowledged. I beg your pardon. During this latest season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> Larry David started what was known as a spite store, a spite coffee shop, in order to uh, vanquish his rival, Mocha Joe. And I mean, you know, if you've watched the season, I'm not going to spoil too much, but if you watch the season, it ends up in hilarity. That being said, I wanted to give a shout out, a special shout out to Christopher Paul III. I believe his he's the third because that whole CP3 thing wouldn't make any sense if he wasn't the third. It's his for, number on his jersey, but keep going. Okay. For completing <laughs> one of the greatest spite seasons that I've seen in the history of professional athletics. Now... If we disregard Michael Jeffrey Jordan, whose entire career was a spite season, some of the other notable spite seasons in the history of sports were, well, what do we have here? We have uh, Shaquille O'Neal's first year in Miami uh, when they traded him from L.A. when Dr. Buss chose Kobe over Shaq, and he went on and had a, that was literally Shaq's last great season. He probably should have won the MVP that year. He went to Steve Nash. No disrespect, just it is what it is. Another one more recently is Kawhi Leonard, who in 2019 with the Toronto Raptors, that entire season was a big middle finger to Greg Popovich and the whole San Antonio Spurs organization. Lest we forget back in the day when the media said that Wilt Chamberlain was too selfish to win an NBA title after they lost again to Bill Russell's Boston Celtics. After the media said he was too selfish to win the title, this Mellon Farmer went out and led the league in assists the very next season. Great spite year, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Great spite year. So I wanted to just give propers to Christopher Paul III because of his spite year with the OKC Thunder. Everybody thought he was washed. 
Everybody thought he didn't have it anymore. And even though they came up short in the playoffs versus the Houston Rockets, it was still very entertaining. This year in the NFL, we have Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Cameron Newton all trying to fulfill their own versions of spite seasons. And, I mean, it's come with mixed results. And I, the only reason I say that is because all three of those gentlemen are one and one But we still got a lot of time left. And if any of those seasons and any of those situations and any of those scenarios turns out to be half as entertaining as Christopher Paul's spite season was, gentlemen, buckle up. It's going to be an entertaining ride. P.O.D., thank you for coming on this week, man, and filling in for Mr. PC, Tony, the commissioner. We really do appreciate it. I, I literally thank you. Why don't you oh. let the good folks know where they can find you, sir? You can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is spelled at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can hear me every Monday on the Bandwagon Nerds podcast with myself, Dave Ungar, and the Scientist DP. Or you can catch me on Wednesdays with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales on the Greg DeMarco Show, where we talk some wrestling. I just, I just want you to know, sir, that I, I feel so alive that you have joined us, the youth of the nation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. You, see, you see yourself out now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Welcome to the WB. I just had to say it. <laughs> oh, doctor. That's the greatest thing. By the way, thank you for having me on. Let me talk some sports. Talk your ears off. Oh, you family, brother. Anytime. Yeah, you're you're part of the yeah, you're part of the family, man. Yeah, you have an open invitation. Anytime you want to come on and talk this shit, man. For real. Seriously. Bandwagon Nerds is happening and uh you ever want to come on down to Edge Street? Yeah. I'm just saying. On this name. I'm not going there. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Raymond, why don't you let the good folks know where they can find you, sir? Yes, you can find me at the real C Platt. Um, <laughs> all and it, if you hated it, if you didn't like my fuck call becoming to the rant, send all tweets to the real C Platt. No, yeah. I'm at it's Ray. Please, <laughs> please do, please do, because your arms are too short to box with God. I can guarantee that. I'm wanted. I want the smoke. I be begging for the smoke. I be literally instigating the smoke, and nobody wants to give me the smoke. I want it all. I want all the smoke. Please, bring it to me. Please, because I guarantee your arms are too short to box with God. That's a nice line, isn't it? I know Punk stole it, but that's a nice line, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. It, I'm at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars, of course. Outsider's Edge, at Outsider's Edge CS, Chair Shot Representative, Black Lives Matter, Fuck Colby Covington. Arrest the motherfuckers that kill people. And uh, keep it moving, huh? Bro, Thank you for listening. I done literally, like, retired melon farmers from the chair shop because they thought they wanted to smoke. Patrick, you remember. Uh-oh. You remember. What? Why, you no. Remember? What are you talking you about? What, what's, what do you that mean? I, some of these guys that I have personally retired from the chair shop because they thought I, they wanted to smoke. I have no idea what you're referring to. 
Keep yeah. it moving. Be 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 professional, sir. Yeah, right. Because you start. You're running for office, right? Keep it professional. Right. The Kawhi Leonard stands that are joining you are, you know, they they really care about your message. Yes, because the pre- the current president currently certainly keeps it professional. Because that's gonna deter me from winning office. No, okay, cool. You're not you're not being graded on the same curve, sir. Just saying. That's fair. But if and you don't wear, take- don't wear a tan suit, you're fucked. <laughs> I probably need to shave my beard too, low key. But yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Hey man, you guys can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Bring all your hate mail if you hate either one of these gentlemen, because I love both of them. Bring me the hate mail, because I can take it, and I'm gonna beat your ass metaphorically and verbally. You already know your arms are too short to box with God. But all all that aside, man. Again, if you appreciate the content that we provide day in and day out here at the Chair Shot, the best way to make sure that we keep providing that content is by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the Chair Shot. Pick up a t-shirt. We've got something for everybody. We literally do. You're going to find something you like on there. I guarantee it. Thechairshot.com. We're not just a website. We're a movement. Mr. Pod, a.k.a. P.O.D., again, thank you so much. Honor privilege and pleasure we are we are raymond you already know what it is thank you all for tuning in to the latest edition of three man weave we're going to get more consistent with this melon farmer too catch us back here next week same plat time same plat channel until then shalom Y'all cannot hear me. Okay, you can hear me now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.